Hi, this is Pastor Bob. I'm sure you've heard the scripture, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And we're going to talk about stepping out on God's promises, walking on water, just as Peter did. I don't care how bad it looks out there. God's word is still true. And God said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he'll deliver us out of them all. So let's talk about Peter walking on water. Let's go to the word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome back to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob. Good to have you today. Glad that you're here with us. And we're taking up a subject today about walking on water or literally the growth of faith in our life, learning to take step by step in faith. In fact, that's the CD we're offering today. And they'll come out at halftime and tell you about it, how that you can grow in these things. Listen, when I mention something, I don't just pull something out that just lines up with what I'm teaching. What we pull out is things that's going to bless you, immensely bless you in the area of what I'm teaching. Because we talk about faith, there's multitudes of things out there on faith, some good, some bad. But anyway, when I pull this out, this is one that really spoke to me and it'll speak to your heart too about the goodness of God and the growth of faith in your life. It's actually, I'm not saying faith itself grows. I personally think you grow in your faith and you understand more about faith. Faith just stays the same. In fact, faith that saved you can move mountains now and it can help you in this story walk on water. But the point of it is, is the faith you have, it's your understanding of that keeps increasing and increasing. You grow in your faith. And this is stories of why, because even the Bible people failed when they stepped out in faith, but what's the best thing to do? Get up, stand up, go back to the word of God, read it again, build yourself up on your most holy faith, and then take another step out there. The Christian life is a growth process. After we're born again, God wants us to become disciples and discipleship is you growing in the things of God. Taking what's in the word of God, applying it to your life, stepping out and seeing great and mighty things happen in your life, but also great and mighty things happening in other people's lives through your faith. Turn to Matthew chapter 14 today. While you're finding that again, welcome to the broadcast. If you're brand new with us, I gladly welcome you. Glad that you're here. If you stumbled across this broadcast, Quit thinking that way. It was a God accident. You think it's an accident. God guided you right into the broadcast because you're going to learn something today. and You're going to find out some important things from the word of God. If this is your 20th time watching, welcome back. But if this is one of those that I'm speaking to now that has become a partner with me, it's far beyond the fact you just enjoy the program. It speaks to you. And now you've joined yourself to me in heart and join yourself as a partner with me in prayer over the broadcast, but also in financial support. That's how this broadcast goes, supernaturally by prayer, but naturally by finances that people give. Jesus had people that gave into his ministry financially. A group of women continually gave to his ministry all the time, and they were commended for it. And so again, if they gave into Jesus' ministry, if they gave into the churches of the New Testament in the word of God, and God commands giving into the work of God here, it's also the same thing now. I don't want your tithes, that belongs to the church. I want the offerings. And those free will that you say before God, I want to freely give this to Bob because I know his ministry is producing in the lives of people. There are people being born again, but there's masses who are now coming into discipleship, growth in the kingdom of God through the teaching. So go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. I can become a partner with you. Joining of hearts, first of all, then joining of our prayer, our faith life, and then also our finances. Thank you again ahead of time for becoming a partner with me. Matthew chapter 14 is one of a number of places where this story is told, about three places. 
But in this story, Matthew chapter 14 is when Jesus walked on water and more things are kind of brought out around this uh, time when he did walk on water. And so whether this was a separate time or not, it might've been a separate time from the one we usually uh, speak of. But anyway, the story is the same. And so I think it's all the surrounding things in this that helps to understand it. Matthew chapter 14, we're gonna take a look at 11 verses, 22 through 32. And here it starts out, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. He sent them away. And so he was going to walk. And so he sent the disciples on the water. They, they began to go across uh, to the other side and he walked around the seashore. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus was with his disciples and great multitudes. And Jesus asked the disciples and the multitudes to go their way. He wanted to be alone. He wanted to pray. He wanted to fellowship with God. And when he had sent the multitudes, away, he went up to a mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening was come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now it was the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. I want to stop here for just a moment. This is the only time in the New Testament the word ghost is used. And the word for ghost here is the same as the word for spirit. The word spirit, pneuma, it's also translated ghost here in this particular case. But in the what's interesting is when it's the Holy Spirit, they call him the Holy Ghost in the King James. And in this particular case, when they said it is a ghost, and one translation said it is a spirit, but it really was a ghost. This is the best place to use the word ghost. And the strange thing is this is the one place that the word spirit is translated as ghost and in other translations. But again, the word for spirit is the word pneuma. So the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. He's not the Holy Ghost, okay? Ghost is something that is used when it comes to apparitions, when it comes to us, you know, to witchcraft, those types of things. And they just cried out, we're seeing here a ghost of someone. And of course it wasn't. And they cried out for fear here in this verse of scripture. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if you will command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? In other words, this is good for you, Peter, honestly, that you begin to walk out of here. But what this did was by you sinking, show you your faith was not as great in your life as it needed to be. You need to, again, practice this day by day. Why do you doubt? And when they got to the boat, the wind ceased. Here we have Jesus walking on the water over to Peter. And he said, anybody want to come? Come. And so Peter said, I want to come and join you. So he said, come. And he got out and walked on the water for a while, but then he got his eyes on the circumstances. I can tell you this, he took his eyes off the circumstances when he saw Jesus and said, ask me to come to you. And Jesus did, but the others kept their eyes on the circumstances. They saw the circumstances as greater than the power of Jesus. And in this case, Peter saw the power of Jesus as greater than the power of the winds and the waves around him. But once he was out there, he was walking on water and suddenly looked around and thought, how in the world am I doing this? This is impossible saw the winds, saw the waves, saw the effects of them. Suddenly he began to sink and cried out to the Lord to save him. 
This is so typical of us. Many of us are afraid to step out into things. And why? It's because we see the circumstances. We hear what people say. We know what's going on as far as these things. And we have a promise right in front of us that tells us to trust God, but we don't want to do it. Why? Because we're too caught up by the circumstances. That's the first ones that never get out of the boat. But Peter was one that did get out of the boat. And what did he do? Well, Peter saw Jesus and saw Jesus as greater than the storm. And he said, I want to step out and come out and be with you. He then did step out. And pretty soon the reports of the winds, the reports of the waves and the crashing and the winds that were howling around him caught his attention. And so what happened was he got overwhelmed by his emotions and suddenly he starts sinking because he saw how big those circumstances were and realized to himself, I don't know if I see Jesus bigger than this or not. He began to sink. Jesus reached down and grabbed him by the hand, lifted him back up, led him to the boat and put him in there. Often people have, you know, have really got on to Peter for sinking, but here's the point. Most of you that are, that are pointing at Peter and ridiculing him are still in the boat. You've never got out of the boat. And so the disciples did not get out of the boat. Peter did. Here's the point though. When he came walking on the water and saw Jesus, then his eyes were taken by the circumstances. And how many of us have stepped out in faith before? We had some momentary good things happen, but then something began to happen. And we began to, we got our eyes off Jesus. And we have said to ourselves, I don't know if I ever want to do that again. We blame the fact that, you know, well, Jesus really didn't protect me. I don't know if the promises really say that. And then we start getting into, maybe it's not for this dispensation. It's not for this time period. Maybe miracles really did end in 96 AD when the Bible was completed, you know, and John wrote the last book, the book of Revelation, then signs, wonders, and miracles ceased from that time. Well, the answer is no. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And on the day of Pentecost, when Peter saw the uh, Holy Spirit coming and all the people speaking with tongues, he said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It's for you, your children, and your children's children, as many as the Lord our God shall call. It's still for today. But the point that I'm trying to get to you is, so you've stepped out and failed. Thank God you stepped out. How many people will not step out? You're, at that time, Peter was the only one that stepped out. On that entire lake, there were probably other boats filled with people. No one tried to walk on the water except Peter. And and he walked on the water for a while, then sank. At least he stepped out. At least he had his eyes on Jesus for a while. And at least that was something for him that would cause him to want to do it again because Jesus took him back to the boat, told him what the problem was. You need to increase yourself in your faith and then step out again. So there were three stories found in this one story. The first story is this. Jesus went to a mountaintop to pray. The second part of the story is the multitudes went around the shore to the other side where Jesus was going and the disciples were going to. And then number three is the disciples took a ship across the water. Jesus was high enough on the mountain. He could see these things. He could look down and see the people walking around the shore, but he could also see the ship out there as it was traveling. And that's why he went and, and again walked on the water. He saw Peter in there. He saw the rest of them and he knew that there was a storm coming. So he simply wanted them to get their eyes off the storm and get their eyes on Jesus Christ himself. I don't Listen, I live in Oklahoma. We have tornadoes here. I have friends that live in Florida. They have hurricanes there. All I can say is this, it's pretty frightening when all these things are going on. But to keep your eyes on Jesus, focused on the word of God and know that God promised you that many are the afflictions of the righteous. I'll deliver you out of them all. But there's also those times when we can walk right through the middle of a storm and come out successful on the other side. And God wants us to understand that, that from the time we see the problems arising, the storms arising, we get our eyes on God, his promises and the word of God. Mark tells us Jesus, 
Jesus while on the mountain saw the disciples rowing as hard as they could in the storm. And although Jesus is in heaven right now at the right hand of the Father, he still sees us in the midst of our storms and promises he will deliver us. Sometimes it looked like the world had us it easier than us as they walk through the storms, but on the shore, yet they don't live a supernatural life. Those people walking around the shore represent the world. Those in the ship represent Jesus' disciples again. That's us. And then Jesus coming by himself. But notice he didn't go to those on the shore. He went to those in the boat and offered this step out. If you really want to prove yourself, step yourself out from that ship and stand on what I'm telling you right now. Again, sometimes it looks like the world has it easier than us. Why? They're walking through the storms, but they're walking on the shore. Yet they don't live a supernatural life. Storms from Satan bring us opportunities for God to deliver us by his power. I'm going to say that again. Storms don't come from God. They come from Satan and they come from the world system. All right. And you can't cast the devil out of the world and you can't cast the world system out of the world. No, but you can overpower it by your trust in God's word. So again, storms come from Satan. They don't come from God. They become our opportunity for God to deliver us by his power. Some of your greatest growth comes during storms. Storms are not sent by God, but God doesn't stop every storm either. He lets us go through them, understanding the fact that our faith is built against the pressures of life, the storms of life, and as we walk through them, we become more powerful. Some of our greatest times of spiritual growth have come as we've gone through problems that seemingly were over overwhelming, but God delivered us out of them all. I'll see you right after the break. Hi, Pastor Bob here. It's time for my annual minister's conference. It's going to be March the 7th through the 9th in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll be speaking. Joseph Z will be joining me as well as Orlando Juarez teaching on praise and worship. I look forward to it. Every year has been a life-changing event for me and for the ministers who attend. And I believe in the year 2024, we're going to see a special move of God like never before. So I look forward to seeing as many of you as possible that are involved in any section of ministry at all. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Again, what I just pointed out at the closing of the first part of this broadcast is sometimes it looks like the world has it easier than us as they walk through the storms also, but they're walking on the shore. They do not know the supernatural walk. They don't know, you know, that it's possible to walk on water if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and trust in his word. So again, it's easier for the world to walk through the storm because they're on the shore. They do not live a supernatural life, but the storms from Satan become our opportunity for God to deliver us by his power. Storms come from the devil and storms come from the world system, not from God. God doesn't send storms to train up his, his uh, workers in this earth, his body of Jesus Christ, the believers. He doesn't use them, uh, the storms, so that we can become a better disciple of the Lord. No, but yet God uses them. He doesn't send them, but he uses them and simply tells us many are the afflictions of the righteous. God doesn't send your affliction. Satan sends your afflictions. The world sends your afflictions. The flesh sends your uh, problems in life. But the point of it is, if you'll walk through on the water, God will use those storms to make you stronger. And you can use the storms to make you stronger. You can look at a storm straight in the face and say, if God be for me, you cannot be against me. I'm gonna come through you. I'm gonna walk through in fine style as God gives me his promises. And I'm already picking out a promise for me to walk on. So again, storms from Satan become our opportunity for God to deliver us by his power. Peter walked on the water and had a better place of deliverance than the disciples who stayed in the boat. But they all had a better place of deliverance than those that were walking on the shore. Peter walked on the water, and when he did, God delivered him and he became an example to the disciples. The disciples sitting in the boat saw the storm as bigger than Jesus, but for a moment, Peter saw Jesus bigger than the storm. And when Jesus said, come on out, step out of the boat, Peter said, Lord, I'm coming. And so he did it. The disciples were in in the boat, although in the same storm Peter was in, the boat is the place of salvation. It's the family of God. But although the people along the shore were also in the storm, they didn't see the deliverance of the disciples from the storm or the miracle of Peter walking with Jesus on the water. Believers are not exempt from the storms of life. The same storms that hit sinners hit believers too. Of the two, walking on the shore and those in the boat, the better place is being in the boat. But of the two, being in the boat and then walking on the water is the best place of all, knowing that God has given you power to step on the storms of this life to walk across the problems of life and understanding that God will keep us afloat. I do want you to understand something too. We use it because the Bible says it, but here's the underlying meaning. Peter did not walk on the water. Peter walked on the one word come. You don't walk on the storms of life. You walk on the word of God across the storms of life. You don't step out of the boat without a promise to step on because the water will not hold you up. Rick Renner told the story how that he was at a meeting one time and he was dressed in a suit. He was at a university, college university, but it was closed during the summer and there was a group using an auditorium there for the word of God. And they asked him to say, so he stayed in a dorm that night and the next morning got up, walked across the campus there was a pool right there. He had a suit on, he had his Bible in his hand and all these things he looked at and said, you know what? I can walk on water. If Peter can walk on water, I'm gonna walk on water. And he walked right there in the pool and he went straight to the bottom. Well, the point of it is he had not been invited by Jesus to walk across that pool. God had nothing to confirm or to show. And so he went to the bottom. But the point of it was if, if Peter 
would have stepped out at that time, uh, just like what you know happened here. The point of it is he would have gone straight down. Just like Rick went straight down, Peter would have gone straight down. Because why? Peter stepped out on the one word, come. There is enough power in one word for Jesus, for you to walk on the water. But even so, while he was out there, he got his eyes off of Jesus and got onto the storms of life, all the circumstances, and he began to sink and Jesus reached down and picked him up. So, Jesus went to the disciples in the fourth watch of the night, the darkest part of night just before daybreak. Jesus is seldom early, but he's never late. That's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, we often think he's late. No, he's seldom early, but he is never late. Jesus waited until the last minute to come to them and they'd already gone through part of the storm. Jesus left them in the storm until the darkest hour. He has no intention of you drowning and will not allow that to happen. He's promised he will keep you. No matter how bad the storm gets, we're not to give up. God's promises will come through even if we don't believe for a while. No matter how bad the storm, we're not to give up. God's promises will come through if we'll simply believe them and not doubt, not get our eyes off of the promise and onto the circumstances of life. Jesus did not come by walking around the shore until they could see him. No, Jesus did not come to them riding in another boat to rescue them. Jesus came to them walking on the water in all his supernatural power. The storm was necessary to help develop the strength and maturity of the disciples. God does doesn't send evil into your life, but sometimes the evil that's in this world is necessary for you to stand against to prove to you that God gave you faith in Jesus' name and the power of Jesus' name. But what good is Jesus' name if there is no demons to use it against? We can't cast all the devils off this earth. We can't cast all the problems off this earth, but the name of Jesus given to us must be used. It's like lifting weights. It's not the weights that make you strong. It's the work that you use against the weights pushing them from you, lifting them up that causes the strength to come. The storms do not create strength. It's the faith you use in the storm that makes the strength come to you and you begin to grow in your faith. No tree becomes strong without wind or adversity. The lack of water at times, even for that tree, causes it to become stronger because the roots grow deeper into the ground looking for water. It's the same thing for us. We need to look at problems when they come and you need to tell yourself, I need this. I need some place to use my faith. I know my faith is stronger, but you know what? It's been some time since I've had a problem in my life that I'm gonna use this faith against. And when we use our faith against the problem, we begin to again come back to the fact I'm still in this world. I'm still in a problem-filled world. I'm still in a world that's run by Satan. This is still the devil's world until Jesus comes comes back, but I am a representative of heaven put into this earth to demonstrate to the world what God's word can do in my life, how his promises have not lost their power at all. It's not the adversity that makes us strong, but our faith we use against the storm that makes us strong. If adversity made us strong, we would all be strong and no believer would ever fail. At first, the disciples were terrified and thought Jesus was a ghost. Jesus came in a way they were never expecting. If he would have come along walking on the shore, they would have recognized him. If he came in another boat, they would have recognized him. But Jesus didn't come in any form beneath him, but he came in a form greater than himself. He did this to demonstrate the greater walk, the walk of faith. And that's exactly, again, what we're offering here in this particular series, the, the CD set. I want you to get yourself a copy. Mark chapter 6 and verse 48 says this, Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against him. 
Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed by them or literally walked right by them. Jesus came to them as if he would walk by them. Jesus walked as if there was no problem or the problem for them was no problem at all for him. He was showing them how they could have been looking at the problem. As Smith Wigglesworth's story goes, when he came down hearing a creak in the lower floor, he walked down the stairs to see what it was. When he got down to the, to the living room, he saw Satan rocking in his favorite rocking chair. He said, my chair, and Satan was sitting, and he says, like he was taunting me. And Smith Wigglesworth turned around, headed toward his bedroom and said, oh, it's just you. What an insult to the devil. Oh, can you imagine how fuming mad the devil was for somebody to treat him as if he didn't really matter at all? And that's the point of it is Satan doesn't matter in your life at all. Go ahead, throw at me what you want. Send the problems to me. Do your best, Satan. I will still come out on the other side successful. This was Jesus' example to the disciples, but also examples to us of how to walk on water and ignore the storms and the waves of life. Jesus told him not to be afraid and even to be of good courage. That's exactly what he's telling us. Peter accepted the challenge to walk on the water also. Peter recognized Jesus' voice and asked him to invite him to step out on the water. I love this. Jesus gave him one, one word. To me, I'd look for a sentence to stand on, a paragraph. Oh, Jesus, give me a whole lot of words. Can you give me five promises, 10 promises? Jesus didn't even give him a promise. He gave him one word, but that one word came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. And so Jesus said, come. And Peter stood out on that one word, come. He didn't walk on water. He walked on the promises of God. Peter took Jesus' example and stepped out on the water and began to walk toward Jesus. It wasn't until Peter took his eyes off the Lord and looked at the waves and the wind, types of circumstances, then he began to sink. And Peter only was the one that began to sink because why? No one else got out there on the water with him. God will never allow us to sink. Peter sank because he got his eyes off the Lord and off the promises of God, and then he began to sink. Winds and waves don't make a difference. I'm gonna tell you again, winds and waves do not make a difference. Could Peter have walked on the water if the weather was fine? No, so winds and waves have nothing to do with it. You're, he's doing something that is supernatural. He's doing something that no one can do, walk on water, but he's understanding something. There's a promise of God under him. So when the water, it looks smooth. In fact, there's been times I've been on ships and I look out there and the water was so smooth, it looked like a mirror. There's times I've been down to the ocean, stood up in my room and looked down on it and it looked like a mirror out there. Not one bit of waves at all. It almost looked like you could go walking across the water. But here's the point. You can't. You can't walk on water. You can't walk on water in good weather or bad weather. You can't walk on water if it's cloudy or not cloudy. You just can't walk on water. So what do winds and waves have to do with it? It's absolutely nothing. Again, winds and waves do not make a difference. Circumstances do not make a difference in your life. When you step out in faith and a miracle comes, you couldn't have done that during good times, Here, much less during bad times. So good times or bad times have nothing to do with it. The economy has nothing to do with it. What's going on in our capital has nothing to do with it. What president is office uh, it has to do with it, nothing. What makes all the difference is are you standing on the promises of God? Because God will sustain you in good times and bad times. God doesn't look to see if the times are good or bad. He simply sustains you and that sustaining from God 
could not happen in good times or bad times if it wasn't for your faith in him. So basically look for one word, come. And when God says come, come on out. When you have a promise, step out on the promise. God's going to take care of you. And Peter did not walk on water again. He walked on that one word, come. That's the power of the word of God. Jesus used other times when he simply said, believe, only believe, and all things are possible. So the point of it was, you don't need a whole lot of words from God. You simply need one word to step out on and circumstances will not make a difference. Here it is though, the power of God loves to be demonstrated in hard times. When we look around and see that times are hard, God loves to demonstrate himself, simply showing something. Let Satan do his best. I'm still gonna come out successful on the other side. And Bob or Bill or Mary, if you'll walk with me, and you'll step out on the word also, you can be successful no matter what's going on in the world. The world looks pretty frightening right now, but God's word is still true. And those that trust him will come out successful on the other side. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.